Welcome to Millennial Sex True Stories Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Double X, and I'm in the bedroom tonight. Happy New Year to one and all. I hope that it's starting off good for you personally. Everyone's all depressed because they like can't like hang all the time because of COVID, and I'm like, whatever. I'm like, it's great. I'm studying. I'm taking classes. I'm writing scientific theories. I'm doing my podcast. And you know what? I still find time to get a little dick on the side. Mm. I'm optimistic and feeling sexy. So we'll look forward to 2021. Now, our next podcast um, is going to be on FDS, Female Dating Strategies. I'm actually still working on that. So this is a complicated topic and I'm doing quite a bit of research. So I guess it'll be ready when it's ready. In the meantime, if you want to share any sort of dating strategy you may have, whether you are male, female, or somewhere in between, I'd be happy to receive it. My uh, email is millennialsex at gmail.com. And my phone number is 917-410-0348. My Patreon is patreon.com backslash Professor X. And if you want to send me an Amazon card, I happily accept gifts anytime. You know my email is millennialsex at gmail.com. Now let's get into it. The actual topic for today is male sexuality and I'm pretty excited to talk about this. I don't have a guess but I have a guest story that someone sent me that is absolutely amazing so hold on to your g-strings okay. What's interesting is that male sexuality is a, a hot topic these days because at least here in the west we're really focused on dismantling gender norms. I know some people aren't, and you know, those people, that's fine. Most of us here in the West are really focused on dismantling gender norms. And how do we mean by dismantling them? One of the first ways it's really become dismantled is breaking women's gender norms that prevented women from owning property and working and other things like that that would give them financial freedom and independence. So now women can own property and they can work and have careers and be successful if they choose to. So that has been a huge gender normative dismantling. Um, It's not the traditional you know, the wife stays home and gives birth all, all the time and the guy goes to work. It's different now. And it's also not so much farm culture anymore where everybody's living on a farm is one family. So as you all know. And so this is what has really bust up these gender norms that we're all looking to change. So a lot of women are looking to change it because they, as they will say, break the glass ceiling. But men less vocally would like to change it too. Now obviously gay men have had like a massive impact on disrupting gender norms. The more that they allow their femininity to be exposed and to revel in that, the more those gender norms are broken apart because ultimately what we're showing is that there isn't just one way to be as a human. As a human being, we all are capable of every single emotion 
that every single one of us is capable of. We're all capable of vulnerability and we're all capable of aggression and everything in between. It has nothing to do with your gender, although it can have something to do with your hormones, as I personally do know. Anyway, we are in this process of really busting apart these gender norms. And so women always talk about it. Homosexual men are free to talk about it, but a lot of like heterosexual men or men who are kind of present, who are presenting as masculine, they don't feel so at liberty to bust through these norms because there's actually more shame for them to bust through these norms than any other group. Now, what do I mean? Just to give you an example, one of my Instagram friends, um, he was telling me something interesting about himself, which is that he is, um, he's a big, tall guy. He says, um, I'm six foot three and I weigh about 220 pounds. So he says, women see me and they want me to dominate them. But he says that he personally feels more submissive. That's his natural inclination. But because of how he looks, women are expecting something else. And so he said that he has to play the role that they want as the dominant male or he won't get the girl. And that this is just how it is. And um, and so I understand that. In this case, it's not manipulation, but if women don't want you to be submissive, what are you going to do? Now, this is not the first time I've heard this. I talked about this a little bit on a different podcast. I think the one about childhood experiences. Um, I personally have known people who, a couple men who were submissive who told me the same thing. One was married and he, he had been married for a couple of decades and had a, a like a college age daughter and, um, and his wife still didn't know that he was submissive. And it's just hard for me to imagine spending that much time living a lie. This is your life. It's, it's really, it's really that serious, like that much time living a lie. I mean, obviously there are hard choices. He has a child and he loves his wife. It's not so bad, but it just, you know, he can't even tell her because of a shame. And so that means that he's had to carry that shame for 20 years in addition to doing things on the side and keeping secrets, things that can stress you out a bit or make you feel unnecessary emotions. So um, this is actually just a consequence of, uh, of this culture that is really re- repelled by um, heterosexual male submission. Oh, and, and just to note, that particular guy, he was also a tall full-bodied man that women are going to see as very masculine but that's not required so that said I want to tell the guest story and then I'm going to get into a whole another medical orgasm thing that we really need to talk about but first I'm going to read this guest story because it is so good it's good y'all it's good 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 so this is a great story it's going to illuminate a lot and tell us a lot and give us a lot to talk about This is from a fan of Millennial Sex, SJ. 
Thanks so much, SJ, for sending this to me. I really enjoyed hearing about your experience. Now, SJ says that he's been married for the past five years. When they got married, they you know agreed that they would continue to be sexually adventurous. And so they tried things like swinging and group sex. So like SJ and his wife really like to have threesomes with another guy because that way she could be the center of attention and, you know, she could have like four to six orgasms in the session from the dual attention and she could really go at it all night long. I'm with this girl. I totally get it. And so um, that's what they typically did when they were swinging. That was their, their favorite thing. And, um, and they met this one guy named D. We'll call him D for Dick. So they met D, and, um, and things just clicked, you know? They were having, like, really good sex, like a threesome, like two guys and her. The first, like, four or five times, they just did their normal threesome situation where she's the center of attention, and they're fucking all night long. D was bisexual and made no secret of that. So, like, the fifth or sixth time they hooked up with him, his wife was giving him a blowjob, and D and D just started rimming SJ. Now, I can see how this would be effective, you know, because if you've ever had your ass eaten... There's, like, no words to really express how pleasurable it feels. And I don't even have a prostate. It's really intense, and it feels great. And it's not something that happens every day. So I can only imagine if I was, like, a guy already getting a blowjob, like, already, like, my balls are, like, full of cum, and I'm, like, rock hard and really excited, and then, like, some, like, hottie starts eating my ass. I mean, who's going to say stuff? Nobody. SJ, he really started to, like, be more interested in it. And he said that basically the problem, the reason why it took a long time for him to, like, be open to anything is just because he had a mental stigma uh, against any sort of anal play for himself or bisexuality or bending that heterosexual line. But... It went down. Dee convinced him to try a prostate massager. And this helped him to achieve his first prostate orgasm. So he started using prostate massagers and butt plugs during their play. And he found that penile orgasms were stronger with the massager and the butt plug in. Basically, just having a pressure of the extra stimulation on the prostate was enough to give him a stronger penis ejaculation when he was coming from um, sex with his wife or whatever. So he started using that. Now, I feel like I can att- I can attest to that a little bit. I, I don't have a prostate. I haven't used a prostate massager, but I do have a butt plug. I find that like when you put it in... And then you just leave it in while you're having sex. It it enhances the other sex because even though like you're, I'm having vaginal sex and it's in my butt, like when when the impact happens, I feel an additional pressure 
because of the butt plug and it it's right on a spot that feels good. It feels even better having it in. So I, I definitely can attest to that and there's nothing wrong with it. So so they were doing that. So they were using the, the plugs and the massager and they were doing some like rimming and some oral type stuff, some anal play basically. But then this went on for like six whole months. And then like his wife said that she wanted to peg him. If you don't know what pegging is, it refers to like strap-on play usually. So she wants to use a strap-on on him. So he was like, yeah, babe, I'm ready. So um, so they tried it, and SJ loved it. He really loved the switch in the, pine- in the power dynamic, basically to go from being the penetrator to the penetrated was liberating for him. And I completely understand how that feels. He says, at first it felt weird to feel so vulnerable. This is why I personally have an interest. I've had an interest in submission or being submissive because my natural inclination is to not be so submissive. And once I experienced it, I felt liberated. I felt excited and I felt free and I felt liberated. I felt liberated because I felt freed from having to always be in control and having to always be the big one and the strong one and the dominant one and the one who was responsible for something. That was a burden that I'd carried my entire life. And to have that suddenly eclipsed by the energy of another person was deeply satisfying. So, um, and what he talks and what he talks about with the switch in the pi- in the power dynamic is also what I now am really attracted to. Once I experienced all this, I really came I came to know myself much more. And as I've said before on this podcast, my the lover that I'm really looking for is a lover who is able to kind of um, be more amorphous in terms of a power dynamic, someone who can switch. And someone who's fluid in the power dynamic. Great sex to me is like one minute you're fucking me and the next minute I'm fucking you. And then we're like rolling off the floor and like you're climbing on my face and fucking it. And then I'm I'm smothering you. And then before I know it, you're fucking me up the ass. And it's just like, ah. <laughs> then I'm fucking you up the ass. No, I actually haven't fucked anyone up the ass. Um, oh, wait, I lie. <laughs> I just lied. Okay, take that back. So anyway, so back to SJ. So they're really feeling this, okay? He's loving getting pegged. He's loving the prostate massager and the plugs and the rimming. Some of the strongest orgasms he's ever had is when his wife was both penetrating him with the strap on and doing a hand job. So it wasn't long after, you know, obviously the curiosity cat had been let out of the cage because it wasn't long after that um, SJ did allow D to get in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> guys, so why not? It sounds great. First of all, I just want to say, like, if anyone's having, like, homo vibes or whatever, they're feeling uncomfortable because they're like, well, I would like to do that, but no, that's gay. I just want to say that SJ sounds like he has an amazing wife. 
this chick is down for it all, right? Like, she's faithful, but she's down. She likes to fuck all night. She likes to bring other people in. She wants to take him to new heights of pleasure. She sounds fantastic. Okay, so back to this, um, to this glorious fun that's going on here. So once he tried it with D, he really got the full experience. So SJ's wife is a tiny woman. She's only five foot one. So there's really no way that she could like toss him around and manhandle him. D is a big guy, six two, so he could take control. Being manhandled, it goes back to being submissive and it's about feeling small, feeling small. You know that feeling when you're like on a roller coaster or you're on, you're on a swing. When you're on a swing, the moment that the swing hits the highest point and for a moment you're floating. For a moment you're weightless and then gravity swings you back where you came from. But it is that moment of weightlessness that we're seeking. That weightlessness that fleeting brief moment of weightlessness is the entire reason we're on the swing in the first place. If we could make that moment of weightlessness last even longer, we would. So feeling small in a sexual way is like weightlessness. And for people who have constantly had to carry their own weight and often others as well, Weightlessness is like heaven. It's pure heaven. Just just absolute heaven. Again, it's liberating. It lets you finally be introduced to someone that you are, but you cannot access that. And now you can finally see and finally be free and finally know what it feels like. And boom, you're ready to go on to something even better then. It's a moment of massive growth if that's what you've been missing. So, um, so yeah, I really can identify with what SJ experienced. So since then, SJ has realized that his strongest orgasms are, you know, when he's feeling vulnerable or right after being vulnerable. He says that there's a rush of endorphins from the fear and vulnerability. I mean, I agree. I don't know what it is, if it's endorphins or whatever, but there's definitely a lot of chemical reaction going on when it comes to sex and desire, hormonal and chemical um, and orgasm. And he describes the sensation of his wife and Dee very differently. Um, With my wife, the strap-on does not feel the same in me. She's not as good at thrusting as Dee, and... I do enjoy the mental turn-on of her being dominant and the anal stimulation. I've also really found enjoyment in some degree of humiliation. She will tell me to take it, bitch. I cannot have a prostate orgasm from her pegging me, however. So she basically has to jack him at the same time that she's pegging him to come. Okay, so I just want to mention the humiliation thing. Because, um... This is another extension of the wanting to feel small. This is more than just a feeling of weightlessness, though. Um, This is taking it just a little farther, you know, actually dealing with a little humiliation or degradation. 
I personally like it. Like I have, I like that. And I have like certain things specifically that I want someone to say. And then there's other things like don't even think of saying that or it's going to be, you're just going to kill the whole mood. There are certain phrases that are kind of degrading that if I heard it while it's happening, I would come really hard. And I remember one time um, I did and I like, I came so hard, like I came so hard suddenly that I got like a muscle cramp in my pelvis. <laughs> I was like frozen there, but I was just like, <gasps> like <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's just an example of the intellectual lining up with the sexual. So like, why would someone want that? Well, again, it can, it can take it farther. It can make you come harder. It can put you deeper into a sense of fantasy, which is what I'm doing when I'm trying to orgasm. And also, again, it goes back to usually the people who don't actually experience a whole lot of humiliation in their everyday lives are the ones who find humiliation appealing what SJ is describing is not exactly humiliation. You know, his little wife, oh, take it, bitch. It doesn't really sound, it doesn't, it just sounds kinky to me. But it is a little degrading. And so, so he's just very mildly t tapping his toe into degradation. And um, obviously, this is very mild. Okay. So, um, however, so this is what he, you know, he's, he, he cannot just have a prostate orgasm from the strap on. However, when D does it with his real D, it's a whole nother story. So D is, you know, a strong man and SJ came crazy hard. So he really loves it. He says that, you know, the ultimate orgasm is when he's inside his wife, missionary, and then D enters him from behind. So it's like, it's like a, it's like double penetration. <laughs> um, and also they do like fit, spit roast. If you don't know what spit roast means, it's where you get a blowjob and you get fucked at the same time. I don't know what their relationship is like, SJ and his wife. Obviously, when they said adventurous, they weren't kidding. But, you know, I mean, sounds like he is a switch and maybe possibly slightly more submissive. And, um, and I wonder if SJ has had other thoughts around submission, you know, since he's tried a little of the mild humiliation, but real submission. Now, some people feel like just because they try anal play that they would automatically become a sub or become bisexual. That's not true either. There are naturally submissive men who, um, they kind of like exult in a woman and they think that she's like a goddess and they want to elevate her and um, and feel protected by her. And so it's not really that different from, you know, girls that want to feel protected by the daddy type. Uh, it doesn't have to be a mommy thing either. Just, um, you know, there are men who like strong women, strong women who aren't afraid to say what they want. And when they come in contact with a woman like that, they bow down. SJ has 
an amazing wife and a really kinky life and it sounds super good i'm jealous like i'm i'm really jealous and also just like the self-discovery that he's been on is incredible i'm sure he feels amazing compared to how he felt prior and it sounds like he always felt pretty good but now it's on another level and i just want to say like a lot of people are like oh my god i'll never but i'm gonna tell you guys why this is Okay, it's 2021, first of all, and everybody has to have an open mind because if you don't have an open mind, you're not going forward. You are just going backward or staying in the same place because life is always moving forward. Why is this important? Okay, because a lot of people know about the clitoris. The clitoris is basically the female pleasure button. You can suck on it and kiss it and rub your thumb over it and all kinds of stuff and it can produce orgasm. Other people also know about the G-spot which is inside the vagina under the bladder. The G-spot is an area if stimulated can produce orgasm including squirting. Now before I get into the P-spot which is the prostate I want to just mention really quickly to people who listen to my podcast, you may have heard me mention a few times that I have never squirted. However, this recently changed. Um, Last month, (laughs) I, I squirted. So how did it happen? Just real quick. Um, well, I didn't know if this was real. I didn't know if I ever would be able to, and I sure as hell did. So, um, and I was shocked too. So basically I was, I was out with this guy, whatever, got really horny. We decided to go for it. He throws me on the bed, pushes my legs back and just buries his face in my crotch and just eating it real hard, but good. Um, and then he just put his hand inside me. And he started doing something. And it was the craziest feeling. And rain was just coming down. Like rain was just pouring rain. Because his hand was in the way. So it wasn't like a projectile squirt. But that's what it was. Because his hand was in the way. He was like actively doing it. He wouldn't stop. And it was just like rain. Just pouring everywhere just raining on everything and I was like oh my god what and um I don't know how he did it uh he like first of all his hand his fingers were like long he's a tall guy and his fingers were quite long second of all I recall that like his fingers were really pushed closer to the front you know like to be right up under the bladder, under the G-spot. But it was really like, you know, to the front. So he put his his hand inside so that it would cup forward toward um, the front of my pelvis. And he was like reaching way up in there with like two fingers and just like, just going crazy gripping and like at two, with two fingers mainly, two or three, just moving them like not all in one, moving them like all differently. Anyway, it was amazing, and I was, like, raining all over, and, uh, yeah, and so now I have, like, a squirt friend. It's good. 
So even there's hope even for someone like the professor who's been squirt challenged her entire life. If there's hope for me, there's hope for you. Now, let's get to the P spot. Now that we talked about the G spot, let's get down to the P spot because that's what this podcast is about, male sexuality. So the P spot stands for prostate. So the prostate is basically a gland and it is a walnut-sized gland just below a man's bladder and it creates massive orgasms for men. This is their pleasure button. This is their P-spot. This is where it's at for them. And so as as homosexual as people may feel it is, God don't make mistakes. There's something that feels good in your butt. Deal with it. So you really can have really big orgasms by stimulating the P-spot. Now, how do you find it? Well, it's about two inches inside the rectum. From there, I don't know what to tell you. I guess you're feeling for a walnut-sized little soft gland about two inches inside the rectum. Let's say you don't want to get all in there. Two inches is a long way into something like a rectum. I actually never do that because I've done it, okay, I've done it like once. Because I, one time my whole life, guys, I like put four fingers in all the way. And I also ate, I also rimmed him because I was like in love with this guy and I wanted to turn him out. And I was like really upset about something. I just catfished him and it was, oh, it was brutal. And I was like, I was pissed. I'm going to fucking dominate the fuck out of you. The whole catfishing thing was crazy. That is a crazy story that maybe one day I will tell you. But not right now. So, um, anyway, I've done it though. I've done it once for one person. But that's it. And I don't really have interest in doing it for others. Because I just don't... I have short fingernails because I'm an artist. And just like, if I put my finger in someone's butt, I'm literally going to have shit stuck under my fingernails. It's kind of weird. But... So it's not my my thing really. So what I do is the alternate. And I'm going to tell you what that is. So you can indirectly stimulate it um, via the taint. Now the taint is basically like the little strip that is between the scrotum and if you don't know that means like the ball sack. Not the hanging balls but you know on your ass like the end where the ball sack stops. So it's between there and the actual anus. It's not a lot of space. Like I don't know two inches maybe. It's not a lot. So, um, So that area it's a smooth area, um, and if you just, you know, what I do is, like, when I'm giving a guy a BJ or something, I'll, like, rub it slowly with my thumb, and that feels really good for them. So um, so that's something you can do. That basically stimulates the P-spot, but it's indirectly, so you don't actually have to dig in to the dirty, dirty hoe. How do you make the hole less dirty just so, like, you might get lucky? I mean, it makes sense. Like, would you go out to a date without washing your pussy? No, you wouldn't. So, same thing. Yeah, you can wash your ass. But, like, one of my friends um, who is gay told me that before he goes on a date, he does an enema. If you don't know what an enema is, it's like it's like a bag of water that you put in your butt and then it, like, 
it just cleans everything out and, you know, cleans it. So flushes it with water and everything so that it's like cleaner so that if you're going to get in there, it's as clean as possible. And that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. Now, you may think that's extreme and you certainly don't have to do that, but um, that's just what some people do. And how else can you stimulate it? Well, as SJ explained, there are like toys. There's the prostate massager. Um, That can be very effective. You can use it by yourself and you can just play around and see what it's like. Um, And I'm sure there are other toys. If you look into it, I'm sure you can find everything you possibly could need. Now, if you're a female and you're thinking, you know, I have somebody that does have a prostate in my life, maybe I want to I wanna do this for them. Hey, why not? Why not? I'm going to address the big old elephant in the room, though, which is a lot of girls are afraid, I think, to do it because they don't want their, to make their man gay. All I can say about that is if you are trying to hold on to a person by repressing them, you've already lost facts. So if it's something that's going to really make you more attractive to other people or make you, yeah, open up your possibilities. Like if you're a guy and you basically open your sexuality to enjoy prostate massages, it could potentially lead you to being with someone bisexual like D, enjoying that even more and then wanting that even more than you want your partner. And because she can't offer that. And so that, I mean, that is real. That's a real possibility when people are opened up to new things that they're going to have more options. Facts. So I totally understand why people want to keep their partners locked into certain ways of thinking or whatever. But just remember that um, if you're controlling someone like that, you know, you've already lost. But if someone does get to explore themselves and someone does feel liberated, as SJ said, it was life-changing. And so if someone's life is, like, changed in a positive way, then what harm can really come from that? If they decide that ultimately they don't want to stay in the relationship with you forever, they probably would have decided something like that for some other reason. You don't have to get into all that, but just remember you can always indirectly stimulate it via the taint by just smoothly rubbing your thumb along it when you're pleasuring him orally or with your other hand. So that's our podcast for today. Thank you for listening to Millennial Sex True Stories Podcast. This is your host, the Professor Double X. And I look forward to our next romp in the bedroom. Good night.